Blog Talk Radio. On March 8th, at about 5 p.m., we lost one of the greats in the world wrestling entertainment, you know, the ultimate warrior. As the ultimate warrior passed on at the age, young age, of 54. Jack Brown calls me and uh, tells me the shocking news that uh, Ultimate Warrior did pass away. Uh, let me bring in our wrestling insider, uh, Double J, JJ, joins us. How are you, JJ? Wow. I mean, uh, the whole wrestling world, the wrestling community is in mourning today. It is a dark uh, day. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I didn't even know about it. I was actually, once we finished with uh, King Jordan Radio and discussing the events of WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame with Warrior, I just started watching WWE Network. I didn't even know what was going on. And then one of our friends, Jeff, uh, texts me. And he says, JJ, you got to go online and see what's going on. And he said the Warrior passed away. And I just did not believe him. I go, did, I it just unfathomed me. I mean, how could you? How could he have just passed away? I mean, although Jeff wouldn't bust my balls about that, if he's going to tell me the Warrior passed away, he's not joking. But I just didn't. I didn't want to believe it. You know, I just I couldn't imagine. We just saw him the night before on Raw, 
and to find this out was just shocking. I'm still stunned today. Yeah, yeah, you said it beautifully, and uh, I'm still in shock. He was, he was uh, right there at uh, Raw at the whole weekend there. He uh, definitely made amends with Jake the Snake, and uh, I'll be saying some of the tweets as I find them. I do want to say what Jake uh, had to say. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and a lot of people did take to Twitter. And, oh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Hall actually said, uh, "Please tell me that this is not true." So uh, even Hulk Hogan uh, took to Twitter, and uh, he he was uh, definitely. Uh, Definitely destroyed by it, as we all are. Yeah. And uh, you yeah, know, Hogan, Hogan posted a photo of himself and the Ultimate Warrior and Pat Patterson on his Twitter page, uh, and he, he felt good that they could finally kind of get together and have a sort of peace. As we mentioned during the Hall of Fame, it seemed as, as if Warrior might have been avoiding Hogan, but it seems that once the Hall of Fame was over with, and you know. Monday Night Raw and WrestleMania came around. I think it was a time of healing and a time to get over, you know, these little squabbles and pass in the past and the focus on the future. And I, I think it's really great that a lot of these guys got to put their issues aside and to move forward. And now they have peace of mind that, you know, they made amends uh, with the Warrior. No question. Let's go back to that Hall of Fame speech and, uh, Let's hear a little portion of it. Now there you're being kind. And that's cool, and we'll talk a little bit about that. The one more match thing isn't going to happen, but other bigger things are going to happen. But I want to start by thanking a bunch of people. I've never interacted with anybody in this business that hasn't taught me something. Even if it is to teach me things that I don't want to do. Directions I don't want to go in my life. Things like that aren't going to work for me. But everybody in this business that I ever crossed paths with taught me something. Going all the way back to the beginning, getting a few hours of training. Of course, that was easy to notice. A few hours of training from Red Bastine in California, a racquetball court. They had a ring set up in there. That was before they were smartening people up. Me and Steve Borden, Sting, a couple... And a couple other muscle-up guys, Red Bastine and Billy Anderson, enjoyed just watching us pound the crap out of one another. After a few hours training there, me and Steve put some flyers together. We went to Mid-Southern. Jerry Jarrett gave us an opportunity there. The people we met there, Dutch Mantel, Jerry Lawler, Fantastics, Bobby Rogers and Tommy Fulton, or the other way around, Tommy Rogers and Bobby Fulton. From there to Watts Territory, all the guys over there, the things we learned from them. Ted DiBiase was over there at the time, Dr. Death Steve Williams. I have to tell Teddy, Teddy, I, saw, I somewhat fashioned my clothesline after you. Because I remember you and uh, Steve Williams when you had matches with me and Steve. You tried the best you could to make it obvious that you wanted us to pack our gear bags and go home. And I remember my Adam's apple was always sore and hurting because of the clotheslines you gave me. So, you can take some honor in that, Ted. Where's Ted at? Is Ted here? Ted, good evening. How you doing, bud? Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. 
course, uh, went to WCW, WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling and learned a lot of great things there. Started the Dingo Warrior gimmick, the poor version of Ultimate Warrior. I only had a couple tubes of paint, a couple strings to put around my arms, but all the great people there, David Manning, Rick Hazard, the Von Erics, um, Lynn Denton, Tim Brooks, some of the guys that just worked in the business because they enjoyed working in the business. Bruiser Brody was there. George Scott was there. He was there at the tail end of it. George Scott worked with Vince in the beginning to do the first couple WrestleManias. He was going down to Florida to retire, and he, uh, Fritz had asked him if he'd come down there and do some of the booking. And he came down there for a while, and I remember another old-timer, Bronco Lubick, was uh, working in the office there, and he pulled me aside one day, and he said, George was on the phone today, and he was talking to New York. He didn't say WWE. Well, W. I wish that they could put the F, the F and F back in. You know, for, for us guys. For us guys that have a difficult time now keeping track of those kind of details. I mean, I really can't believe that Jerry McDivitt got his ass kicked by those wildlife people. Anyway, Bronco said, they're talking about, so he said, there's a kid down here and he's, he's raw, obviously again. He's green, obviously again, but he could be something. And that led to me uh, going down to Tyler, Texas, having a match for a card that WWE <laughs> was putting on down there. And that led to me going up to New York. And in New York, so many people I want to thank. Uh, the first guy I worked with, Jose Estrada, it was a television taping in Indianapolis. I went there and he made me press slam him about 15 or 16 times, something like that. And um, I guess to see if I was going to blow up. I was blown up before we started. Uh, Steve Lombardi, where's Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler? Steve was on the receiving end of uh, my uh, green punishment every night for a long, long time. Always kept a positive attitude about it. Terry Gibbs, the first guy I worked with on TV. All the guys there that helped me out. You know, they're, in the business, the boys have a pretty good detector. And uh, aside from, you know, the details of specific stories or events, that are told in the DVD. There's a lot of discussion about that I wasn't welcome in the locker rooms. I wasn't uh, one of the boys. Um, I was an a-hole to everybody. And, you know, those kind of things, when I saw the DVD, they make me angry and they pissed me off, but they also broke my heart. They really did, because uh, in the business, when somebody comes in, as they would, new guys would come in every three weeks, we did television, they would come in for a tryout or something. If they didn't have the kind of personality to cut it amongst the boys, they weren't around very long. If they couldn't handle having their high security gear bag with the combination lock that can't be um, violated, if they couldn't handle having the bulldogs find their way in that bag and leaving something in the bag that you don't want to find in any bag anywhere, then they were out of there real quick. And recently, one of the guys I had one of the classic all-time matches um, of all time with has been on the record saying that I was a good guy. I was a good guy. I am a good guy. And when those kind of things were said about me, all right, JJ, uh, what did you think of uh, his Hall of Fame speech? Uh, I thought it was excellent. Uh, just even the part that I uh, played just now. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember watching it uh, this past Saturday. It's definitely one of the things I was looking forward to the most. Uh, I think even everybody, uh, you know, even you know the announcers at the WWE were hyping. You know, oh, I can't wait to hear Warrior's speech. It's definitely going to be a doozy. And and I think it was. He delivered. It was really great. He was very passionate. You know, he he definitely came through, and it was something uh, I'll never forget. And I was glad that I was able to see it live. And, uh, you know, he touched on his early days breaking in, and, you know, he kind of joked around, too, about the whole being green and blowing up. But then he got very serious when he discussed of that DVD and, you know, how it broke his heart. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. And it was amazing that he was able to get through that, <laughs> to get through that and to, you know, get to the point where we are today where he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame and, you know, he's able to make peace with the WWE and Vince McMahon and as well as a lot of the wrestlers, as we mentioned before, like Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan, and they all had issues with one another for whatever reason. But uh, it's just good knowing that they were able to put the past behind them. And uh, talk about speeches. Everybody today, even news outlets, I turn on the news in my local, uh, local news stations were talking about Warrior and his passing and the speech he gave on Raw and how telling that speech was and what he said when he mentioned that every man's heart one day will beat its final beat, his lungs will breathe a final breath, and it's just, it's just spooky. I get chills when I think about that because, I mean, who would have thought that not even 24 hours later that that would have been the last thing we ever saw of him and his last memory uh, in wrestling, and it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, and there are some conspiracy theories out there that believe that. Um, but I will tell you, the warrior uh, dealing with him in 99, uh, the man does like money, and he was scheduled to make a lot of money because uh, uh, there was other things going to be in the works, and there was also a... Uh, a signing in May 11th in Minnesota that the WWE promoted. And uh, as you saw, the um, his speech there, his two uh, beautiful uh, children, yes. you know, I would not think uh, he would uh, venture in um, taking his life in any way. No. No way. Um, yeah, and I uh, really, you know, I feel horrible that Ultimate Warrior is gone, but I have a lot of uh, uh, pain for his children. Yes, uh, everyone's been uh, discussing that from when I look on Twitter and all the wrestlers from, you know, of course, from the very top, Vince, Stephanie, Triple H, but then even other wrestlers, even from TNA, like Magnus, and guys on the independent scene, like Gregory Helms, uh, lots of guys paying tribute to the Warrior and feeling for his two girls who we saw at the Hall of Fame. They walked him down to the podium uh, when he was in introduced, and it's just heartbreaking to think that, you know, they lost their father. It's I. I can't even, you know, put put it in the words. Yes, and uh, if you saw the way they looked at him and their body language was, um, there's no way that uh, he would, uh, uh, you know, you know, plan his own death or no. anything close to that. No, I mean, um, from what I'm afraid. Uh, you know, it could have been, uh, they won't have an autopsy report until Thursday, but uh, a lot of speculation now is it's just, you know, his heart uh, just gave out. I don't think there was any foul play. As you mentioned, there's no way, I believe, in any way that he uh, tried at all to commit suicide. I think this was just it's a very sad and unfortunate incident that we've seen many times. Uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage, he's driving with his, his wife and his heart just, you know, gave out. It's it's a very sad thing when uh, something like this happens. It's just unexpected, and nobody, nobody expected it. it. It was a shock to just everyone. 
Totally. Let's go back to uh, 1988 SummerSlam. The Honky Tonk Man is facing a question mark. Let's take go back in time. Well, that was actually the championship match, and uh, I'll tell you, JJ, uh, what comes to mind when you hear that? Oh, my God. That's definitely uh, my childhood. That's what comes to mind. It was such an incredible moment for the Ultimate Warrior, who at the time was the Intercontinental Champion, and he is, to my knowledge, I think he's the only man to hold the Intercontinental title and the WWE title at the same time when he beat Hogan. And, I mean, Hogan and Hulkamania... I mean, everybody knows that Hulkamania is legendary and Andre the Giant and Mr. T, WrestleMania 1. And to see this guy, the ultimate warrior, who rose up the, the ranks of the WWE and to come face-to-face with Hulk Hogan, it was just a real epic clash of two uh, titans in the ring. And it was a, a moment where Warrior kind of cemented you know, his own legacy when he won that title from Hogan. It was definitely a new uh, moment in the WWE, and I remember the fireworks, the fireworks that were uh, by the ring and him holding up both championships. It was just such a special moment, 
I know lots of uh, fans as well as wrestlers, not just, you know, fans like, you know, watching on TV, but legitimate wrestlers who were inspired by the Ultimate Warrior and what he did in the ring and, you know, his character, his uh, personality, his intensity is something that uh, not many could even come close to uh, recapturing. It was just, it was a very unique, there's only going to be one Ultimate Warrior. Oh, I remember um, we didn't have a cable back then. I was no more than maybe eight, nine years old. We drove, my family took me, because I was a Maniac Wrestling fan and a Maniac Ultimate Warrior fan. And, uh, well, this was Hogan vs. Warrior, and I figured, of course, how could he lose uh, Hogan? The year before, he beat Macho Man, he beat Andre. He won the uh, other previous WrestleManias against Bundy and in the tag match. What evidence did I have, especially at that age, to think that Ultimate Warrior had a chance, let alone to win the match? Yeah. So I must say I was shocked when the Warrior took off, and it was Warrior Mania at the time. And I remember uh, specifically, uh, I was in elementary school and I got the magazine with the warrior holding both titles in the uh, on the ropes there. Uh, It was just pure magic, pure magic indeed. Yeah, I believe a Pro Wrestling Illustrated even listed that as the match of the year in 1990 with Hogan and the Warrior at WrestleMania 6. And actually right now on the WWE Network, they are honoring the Ultimate Warrior replaying WrestleMania 6. So if you are a subscriber to the WWE Network, you can relive that moment right now on the WWE Network, Hogan, Warrior, and they're going to be replaying it a second time. So if you can't watch it right now, they will replay it again later tonight. Well, uh, that's uh, that's great because uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, kids that are watching now, you know, probably don't know as much about the Ultimate Warrior as the people in their 20s and 30s. And uh, he was a great character, as he put it, but uh, still shocked. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, in uh, 1990, he wins the title, April 1st, 1990. And uh, a very short title one uh, for that for those days. He would uh, go on to lose it uh, to Sergeant Slaughter with yeah. the help of a Macho King. As uh, I was shocked. And uh, that also really set up Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter and uh, Warrior versus Savage. And uh, Warrior versus Savage, when I talk to wrestling fans, they also point to that match as being uh, also one of the great matches in world wrestling entertainment history. Yeah, I mean, I remember last year when we were watching, uh, or when you know, when they had the SummerSlam for the the access with the video game 2K14, and Warrior was doing a lot of interviews, and he mentioned a lot of fans point to his match with Hogan because it was for the title. But I think a lot of wrestling fans look towards that WrestleMania Seven with uh, with uh, Savage just because it was such a great match. Uh, it was a nice back and forth, and uh, Warrior really looked good. And Savage, you know, he's, he was a really great wrestler. So to see them go go at it like that, there was no titles you know, on the line, and it was just a really a really great moment uh, for Warrior to have with Savage. And just the story they told in that match, because eventually Warrior would sort of retire Savage for the first time, and uh, that whole thing with Miss Elizabeth, too, was also very special. So it was a really great moment at uh, WrestleMania 7. Very cool. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to point there, Jake the Snake on Twitter wrote, deeply saddened, we just had a great talk 
and uh, very a senseless hatchet. Talked, working together, R.I.P. Warrior, I, uh, taking solace, we made peace. So that comes from uh, Jake the Snake, uh, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that I is, mean, uh, one of the first people I saw on Twitter was The Rock. Uh, the Rock, even Batista, Batista tweeted that, you know, if you've ever seen a Batista match, you know he does the Batista bomb. But just before he does the Batista bomb, he shakes the ropes. And he said that was an homage to the Warrior. And for the first time in Batista's career, he was actually able to talk to Warrior at the Hall of Fame and to tell him, you know, you know, I used to do this thing in the ring, and that was a tribute to you. So there's a lot of people who were able to talk to Warrior who were fans of his as a, as a child and just uh, be able to reconnect and tell them how they inspired them, you know, and it was, uh, it's very cool to see stuff like that, when you see a lot of guys who, who you consider to be great uh, today, and they look at Warrior being one of his, uh, their influences, you know, it's a very, it's a very special thing. No question. Okay, I think we might have Blackjack right here. Uh, let me check. Blackjack, are you with us? Blackjack, are you with us? Okay, he did try calling me, but uh, if you're listening, Blackjack, uh, you had called to the show. We will pick it up. Okay, as I was saying, though, uh, Warrior uh, loses the belt to uh, Slaughter, and uh, then you had, uh, then you fast forward a little bit, it was the team of Hogan. And the Ultimate Warrior in a handicap match, which I was at with Jeff, in 1991, uh, going under the name General Adnan, also known as, well, General Adnan, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, and uh, that manager, uh, Hussein something. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, that was the night Sid was the referee, uh, and that would be the night that the Warrior either quit or got fired or whatever you believe happened, because I was such a Warrior maniac at that time. I just saw him uh, going after the Iron Cheek with a chair, and that was it. And you had Hogan and Sid posing, you know, doing their shtick in the ring. And uh, it'd be a while, and uh, but uh, it would only be uh, 92 in WrestleMania 8 when uh, Sid is uh, beating up on Hogan and out comes Papa Shango. And, uh, you know, they're saying Brutus is not around. He ain't got a friend left. Nobody's going to help him. And bang, the Warriors music pits. And then he comes to the ring, clothesline Sid, takes care of Papa Shango. And uh, it was the magic was created again. Oh, yeah, it was great uh, having Warrior back, especially to come back and to see him paired with Hogan. It was uh, very interesting to see those, you know, the sort of the mega maniacs, I think. I forgot if that was what they were called. But uh, it, was, it was a cool moment at WrestleMania. And, you know, it would they would uh, go on to, uh, I know, uh, Warrior would have another match with Savage at uh, SummerSlam 92. So I mean, right. it was a very, it was a very, uh, you know, cool time to have Warrior back, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't last too long. But uh, anytime you had the Warrior in the WWE, you had that kind of intensity, and you had that uh, explosive passion and high energy, which is what that character was all about. And it was always something uh, special when you saw him in the ring and raced down that aisle and he charged and circled the ring and it was just it was a lot of fun you know I remember like I said I was you know a kid a teenager at the time and it was 
you know, it was just a fun character. He was a real-life superhero. No question. All right, let me see if Blackjack is uh, here now. Uh, Blackjack, are you with us? Blackjack, are you with us? Okay, apparently not. Uh, before the uh, Hall of Fame Warrior, um, I think this might have been for the DVD that, is the DVD out? Yes, the DVD came out, I believe, April 1st, which I believe is the anniversary of when he won the title for the first time. He won the title April 1st, 1990, and they released the new DVD, the good DVD of the Ultimate Warrior's career, April 1st this year. So it is out. People uh, uh, have watched it. They've tweeted about it. Uh, they've been watching it all day today. I hope uh, the WWE Network airs the DVD. They might wait a while because they want to make those DVD sales, but I hope it, it comes on the WWE Network very soon because it's something I definitely have to see. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's take a listen to earlier before the Hall of Fame. I want to give a speech that people never forget. I want to say things that are much more than just, you know, stories from the road and stuff. Because my career means more to me than that. Having had my career just means so much more to me than just what I did in the wrestling ring or what I did in those arenas. I've lived so much more life outside of that in the arena of the world since then. And I've, one of my, uh, what I think one of my virtues is, is that I've always paid attention to what's going on in my life and the experiences I've had. And I've always been introspective anyway. And so I think about it all. I think about having those kind of experiences back then and being that just physical freak and just explosive and energetic and being allowed to do that. And then later in life, you know, time goes by and you get older and there's some things you've got to sit down and you've got to reevaluate. And you've got to say, okay, where do I go here? Where do I get my motivation? How can I be inspiring now, how can I do that? Well, Vince asked me a couple years ago to go into the, uh, the one I think they had in Phoenix, and I said no. I said they had to tell the right story. So we negotiated for two years to get to the place where I know they're going to tell the right story. The guy portrayed on the DVD, the self-destruction DVD, isn't a guy that would be asked or wouldn't be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's all nonsense. You don't bring a guy back to the company, a persona, uh, back to the company that's a waste of time. You don't bring him back three separate times. And so that's what I mean by that. that the, you know, and so I'm excited to get beyond that and uh, you know, tell the right story. It's an incredible story. The Ultimate Warrior character was such a delight in the business. In other words, it could have just been left alone. It was fun. It was energy. It's something that people haven't forgotten. They've continued to remember. It could have been just left at that. And to go and personally, you know, to really attack it in a way like it and rewrite its history is, um, it pisses me off, but it makes me sad. It hurts my heart. The fact that it happened has really been instrumental in me um, viewing life or viewing myself as a man, as a husband, as a father in a lot of serious ways. You know, what success does to myself, but what it also does to other people. Wow. You know, I will say the poor ultimate warrior is like a muse to me. You know, he smacks uh, me every morning. Give me your uh, assessment of... Uh, Warrior. Yeah, I mean, uh, as he mentioned, uh, the Hall of Fame, his speech, I definitely think he'll be remembered for his speech. And it wasn't just what he said about uh, his time in the ring, but you could tell immediately when he came uh, down and he was being inducted, his little girls walked him down. You know, he acknowledged his girls and he acknowledged his wife. 
So it was, you know, I think he was able to to say and do the things he wanted. So it wasn't just 100% focused on wrestling. He did focus on, you know, his family, and he did focus on the people behind the scene to make, you know, this whole, this whole you know, WWE show possible, the crew and the guys behind the scenes who you don't know their names, you don't see their faces. So I think uh, that was a very cool thing that, you know, he mentioned during his speech. It wasn't just about him. He made it about, you know, lots of people. And, you know, he he definitely talked about how much that DVD, the first one, the self-destruction, how it hurt him so much that they would, you know, take this character who at the time, as we pointed out, he was he was uh, in the WWE three different uh, occasions where he had issues with them and he left and he came back. It's because they wanted him back because, you know, you know Hogan was doing movies, so they need a big name. So who are we going to call? We're going to call the Warrior. And then, you know, Hogan goes to WCW. Well, who are we going to get? We're going to get the Warrior, and they bring him back again. So it's, it, this is obviously a character who the WWE likes. They know there's value in this character. They know that the fans love this character and identify with this character. And just to have that DVD just kind of destroy, you know, his legacy – it was, it was just awful, and I truly believe that when the WWE released that DVD, and there was even talks about doing the DVD with Bret Hart, Bret Hart made a, made amends with the WWE because he didn't want them to tarnish his career like they did Ultimate Warrior, and it was just uh, it was just sad. How could a company do something like that to one of their stars who they helped made? It's just I don't understand who did that, why they did that, or the fact that that DVD even exists is just sad and pathetic. But finally, they were able to tell the right story with that DVD, and finally, the Ultimate Warrior took his place in the Hall of Fame, and he will be forever remembered by his fans. And as he mentioned in that uh, speech on Raw, that the spirit of the Ultimate Warrior will run forever. No question. I do want to mention uh, some wrestlers who have died young. Okay, we have Mike Von Erich, 23. We have Art Barr, 28. We have Rick McGraw at 30. We have Buzz Sawyer at 32. DJ Peterson, excuse me, 33. We have Owen Hart, 33. Gary Albright, 32. Four, Big Dick Dudley, 34, Pitbull 2, 36, Mark Curtis, 38. So that's just some of the uh, guys that uh, left us. Uh, and, of course, you know, Ben was on that list and uh, Eddie Guerrero and some somebody more. So that, that's... It's it just you really can't grasp it right now. It just it's so fresh and yeah. uh, nobody saw it coming. There's no evidence that he took any kind of drugs. Um, he admitted to taking steroids, but that was way back in the nineties. And uh, look, a lot of people have taken steroids, and uh, I. I, uh, I'm very curious to see what exactly happened because we have the uh, just a little bit of information that it's, uh, I guess he was in uh, an Arizona hotel or something or walking out of it or, it, or to his car. Yeah. And I guess he had uh, chest pains or something and he was rushed to the hospital. Was that- yeah. That's from what I understood was he did have chest pains and he was, uh, I don't know if he was going to his car with with his family or not, and he did collapse. And it was when he collapsed that they rushed him to the hospital and they, they, um, you know, pronounced him deceased when he was at the hospital. So it's, you know, it's just very difficult. Like, I don't think there was any foul play. I don't think there was any, you know, ill attempts by him. It's just, it's just one of those freak occurrences that happened with his heart and he had some sort of, you know, uh, condition where his heart just it just gave out, unfortunately. But uh, as I mentioned, the autopsy should be revealed uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Absolutely no question. 
Also, uh, earlier, uh, Diamond Dallas Page was on the Nancy Gray show, uh, which will be replayed. And if you do stay up late or you want to set your DVRs, uh, it will be on at 2 a.m. tonight and uh, at Eastern Time. And, uh, of course, that would be, uh, what was that? I guess that would be 11 p.m. on the West Coast, 12-1-2, right? Yeah, 11 p.m. on the West Coast. So uh, check Diamond Dallas page out. And uh, WWE did issue a statement. Let me uh, read this here. WWE is shocked and deeply saddened to learn the the passing of of one of the most iconic WWE superstars ever, the Ultimate Warrior. We are grateful that just days ago, Warrior had the opportunity to take his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame and was also able to appear at WrestleMania 30 and Monday Night Raw to address his legions of fans. And uh, ever so true. Agreed? Yeah, I mean, it's still so strange to me because as you pointed out, you know, I, I watched him Saturday on the Hall of Fame doing his speech, and then we all saw him at WrestleMania 30 when they brought out the Hall of Famers, and then he came back and he was at Raw and he delivered his final speech. And it's just, you you never, I mean, you figured, okay, he's going to go home and go back and do what he was doing, and he was going to, he signed a contract with the WWE, he was going to be a, a sort of goodwill ambassador for the company and do appearances and possibly signings uh, through the WWE, and then to just find out that not even 24 hours after Raw, you know, he passed away. I, I, I still, it's, I just can't believe it. And like you said, I'm stunned. I'm shocked. It, it's, I just can't believe that that happened. Because there was so much more we were looking forward to seeing. And uh, I think they even mentioned that while Warrior was at WrestleMania 30. Uh, much like with Daniel Bryan, they filmed a sort of short documentary of Daniel Bryan at uh, WrestleMania 30 and his journey. I thought I read that they were also filming something for the Ultimate Warriors. I'm not sure what will happen to that footage of Warrior at WrestleMania 30, uh, whether or not that issue, that footage will be released. Uh, I, everything's kind of up in the air now because then, you know, nobody saw this coming. Uh, nobody in a million years saw this coming and uh, the uh, situation is still so sad for his children. I just keep thinking of them. They're innocent, you know, 11 and 12 year olds respectively and they didn't deserve this and of course his wife Dana didn't deserve this at all and uh so so sad but it's also a time not to be sad uh the time to uh celebrate a man that has brought so much cheers and so much happiness and moments as he beat Hogan as he come and saved Hogan as uh you know just so many great things uh you know, you know, Warrior is uh, just one of a kind. I mean, there could never, ever be another Ultimate Warrior. He had that it factor. He had that running down the aisle. And, oh, uh, wow, it was just like, <laughs> it was just like a drug. Uh, yeah, like the Ultimate the man said he was like a locomotive, you know, like a train storming through and charging down that aisle. I've, I've never seen anyone have that same sort of intense intensity uh, going into the ring. It was it was really something special. Right. Also, uh, Rick Rude passed away at 41. Miss Elizabeth at 42. Referee Joey Morello was killed in a believe a car accident in, in at the age of thirty. Oh wow. 
Crash Holly, 32. Eddie Gilbert, 33. Chris Candido, 33. Bobby Duncan Jr., 34. Pillman, 35. The Wall slash Malice, 36. Eddie Guerrero, 38. Oh, boy. And there's, uh, unfortunately, a lot more on that list. And uh, I tell you, I just hope it stops. You know, I don't want to hear young wrestlers like Warrior and Macho Man dying. I mean, you have Warrior and Macho Man are on that list with Hogan. I mean, they were all in that video game uh, back in the 90s, and they were all featured because, you know, they were main eventers, all three of them, and yeah. uh, icons. They, uh, uh, Warrior and Hogan were the only ones, I believe, to have the uh, little teddy or uh, whatever they called it at the time, um, the buddy or uh, name not coming to me right now, but I'm sure the fans know what I'm talking about. Uh, in terms of that uh, thing, uh, you know, uh, that little thing that you could buy. It was like a small little toy of uh, yeah. the warrior. You know I what mean, I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it was the, the Brawlin' Buddies or, or something. But right now, I think because of WrestleMania 30, and I know the uh, Mattel has released some Ultimate Warrior figures. So, I mean, if you go to the store, whether it be Walmart or Kmart or Toys R Us or any type of, of uh, chain store, if you see anything of Ultimate Warrior, you should grab it because it's going to be flying off the shelf. A lot of fans, a lot of collectors are going to be getting whatever Ultimate Warrior merchandise they can. And I do believe they have a, at least two or three Ultimate Warrior figures out available now. Uh, Mattel has an Elite uh, number 26 with the Ultimate Warrior, uh, and they have a special WrestleMania 30 pack with Ultimate Warrior and Sheamus, uh, you know, because Sheamus is the Celtic Warrior. So they have a two-pack of Sheamus and Ultimate Warrior, and they have these little uh, toys for for children called WWE Rumblers, in which I believe they have one of Warrior and Savage. So uh, those are definitely going to be hot commodities right now. So uh, any fans out there, if you see Ultimate Warrior stuff, grab it now because it's going to be gone. Oh, absolutely. Grab that right away and uh, put it away. Uh, like you said, it will be gone. Uh, like when Owen, uh, when it happened to Owen, yeah. Eddie Guerrero, and uh, just so sad. Now, uh, Matt Hardy and a lot of people uh, feel feels like some of the things that he said on Raw was very eerie, to say the least. Well, let's take a listen to this before we go. This is Warriors' final promo, and it was April 7th, 2014. Gone but never forgotten, the ultimate warrior. Speak to me, warrior! This evening, it's been hard for me to find the words. That's. Oh. oh this is going to be great. up warrior and let me do the talking 
no WWE talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. In the back, I see many potential legends, some of them with warrior spirits, and you will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with a passion and intensity, so much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! The Ultimate Warrior, the newest member of the Hall of Fame. Well, J.J., totally unbelievable, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's such a, as you pointed out, uh, to Matt Hardy's tweets and a lot of people, uh, like I even said, Inside Edition, the news uh, station, they were covering that, and it's just so eerie and spooky that that is his final memory. And after what he said, and it's just, it's I don't even have the words to describe it when he mentioned, you know, every man's heart will beat. You know, its final beat and his lungs will breathe with its final breath. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. But the ultimate warrior, you know, the man, his body might be gone, but his spirit of his spirit will run forever through his fans and through his fans' hearts and their memories. And he'll never be forgotten. And now he will be immortalized in the Hall of Fame and he is immortalized on the WWE Network, in which if you search for the Ultimate Warrior on the WWE Network, they have about five or so pages of just Ultimate Warrior matches that you could watch. Whatever pay-per-view he was on, the inaugural you know, SummerSlam and Royal Rumble and you know, matches like that, they're all there. So you can relive it on there. You can try searching on YouTube or other video sites. But you know, his memory will definitely live forever. And right now... I'm picturing him, you know, running through the clouds and storming the, the, the gates of heaven, and he's having the big battle royal with Andre and Owen and Savage and Eddie and Bulldog and, uh, you know, all those guys. So, you know, rest in peace, Ultimate Warrior. You will be missed, but you will never be forgotten. Uh, totally, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very sad. But uh, when you're sad, you're supposed to smile, and uh, uh, that's what we did when we lost MJ. And, uh, you know, JJ, I want to thank you for joining us here on King Jordan Show. Yeah, thank you, King. I Like I said, I did not want to miss this. I definitely wanted to honor the Ultimate Warrior, someone who I was a fan of as a kid, and I loved his character, his personality and intensity. He was such a colorful uh, individual, like I said, a real-life superhero. So it was really cool to be able to talk about him and uh, his effects on me as a fan and of everyone else who remembers him and was inspired by him. Oh, Brilliant job on your part. Brilliant. 
And uh, I want to dedicate this next song to the ultimate warrior and his life. The name of the song is Smile. The artist, Michael Jackson. Good night, everybody. Good night, JJ. We will speak to you on Tuesday. Here is Smile. Take a listen to this, folks. When you are uh, sad about the warrior, don't cry. Just smile. Ultimate warrior. Rest in peace. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. That's the time.